Well, we're going to start a new series this morning, and uh, I'm excited to get into this series with you. It's called For Mature Audiences. That's the name of this series, and you may be looking at that saying, ooh, do my kids belong in this series? And hey, we will let you know through this series, there may be a couple messages that you want your kids to be in the child care ministry, because if the Bible talks about it, we're going to talk about it. Okay, and there are some issues that are very relevant to us as a culture uh, that we that the Bible talks about that we need to make sure we address. This morning's not one of those because we're going to introduce you to this topic in the scriptures. And and the big idea of this is appetites of a mature Christian. And and the reason why we talk about the appetites of a mature Christian is because the Word of God tells us that there is milk, and there is meat. And we need to learn what is the milk that brings nutrition for believers and what is the meat. And just like, I mean, you can imagine you understand infancy and spiritual and physical growth. You start on the milk, but then you got to move to the meat. And so what this series is going to do is it's going to help us evaluate what are those appetites of a maturing Christian, someone who is becoming more like Jesus, really being spiritually minded. And a lot of, I mean, a great illustration already before we even start this message this morning are those missionaries that are on that field. Absolutely. The, the way they live their lives, and at the end of the day, we go home to our families, you know, and the way they live their life, going about whatever's happening in the government, whatever's happening in their village, whatever circumstances come their way, that they are minded, mindful of spiritual things, that in the middle of the things going on in their lives around them, it's not just about what's around us. It's not just about the physical. In fact, God's always using the physical to lead us to his will uh, spiritually so that we would become more like him and help others become more like him. So if you have your Bible this morning, and I hope you do, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and, and I'm going to introduce you to the text that is really a foundational text for this entire series, and this is going to be the primary text that we're going to talk about this morning. So here's what the Word of God says, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Couldn't speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have not fed you with milk, or, or I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto, or so far, you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walking as men? So this particular letter was written to Corinth. Corinth is the name of a city. And that, that city is, as you can see, is in, is in Greece, right there, right? So here's Italy, right, as we know it. And uh, it was, uh, Corinth was a very prosperous city. You can see where sort of stationed there. It's protected as far as its bay is concerned, where ships could get in and out of there very well. So it was very prosperous commercially. And it was... Uh, uh, it was the capital of the Roman province of Archaea, so it had a very strong military presence in the city, very secure city. And the, the, the city was populated by people that were very educated, okay. very, very smart, very intelligent, superior people. And, and as far as education was concerned, 
And so they also were the uh, made up the church at Corinth. Yeah. So here you have this group of people. We want you to know who he was writing to. He wasn't writing to people of low education. He mm-hmm. was writing to people that were highly educated, and, and he, he he's has some very strong words for him. Yeah, because even though the church was made up of these highly educated people that were living in this predominant city, there was a problem. And the problem was that the church at Corinth was struggling with spiritual maturity. They were very immature spiritually. Paul had been informed that the church at Corinth was struggling with many issues, many issues of maturity. In fact, if you go through the book of 1 Corinthians and start reading, what you're going to notice after the first three chapters or so is that Paul goes from one issue to another issue to another issue to another issue, and he's not doing this randomly or haphazardly. These are all issues that the church is facing, and some of them are really repulsive. I mean, some of them we would go, oh my goodness, that was happening in the church? that was happening among Christians these kind of issues were going on but Paul was aware of these things going on in the church and there was at least nine of them in first Corinthians that Paul addresses and his intent in writing this letter was to help them resolve these issues because of these issues it was things were getting very divisive in the church. If you have any history in the church and if you've if you've ever experienced division in the church it stops the work that we are called to do by Christ. It, it puts these brakes on it. What's happening in reaching souls is an indicator of unity among the organization and those who are part of that organization. Because I want you to know when you get divided over issues and sin is divisive, then it, it puts a break on what the, what the Lord is wanting to accomplish. So these issues themselves, what it revealed is it revealed that there was a major spiritual problem in the people, the well-educated people in the church in Corinth. And though they were educated and gifted, I mean, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about these gifts of the Spirit that they had. They were educated and gifted, but this is what the Apostle Paul said. Look again in verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So here's the big idea. Uh, What do we take away from this group of people, the Corinthian church? Well, because they were carnal and not spiritual, they could not receive what they needed to be transformed by the word of God. That was the issue in Corinthians. So think about that for just a moment. If you're in a certain condition spiritually, which he called carnal, and we'll explain that in a minute, then you cannot receive the meat of the word of God that you need in order to mature spiritually. And so your condition, your spiritual condition is preventing you from growing spiritually. And as Brandon said, it created all kinds of problems in the church. And what I have come to recognize is that what Paul dealt with in 1 Corinthians 3 is still very prevalent in the church of Jesus today that people in the church are in this carnal condition and they need to know they're in that condition so that they can change. And the result of that, though, is devastating to the church of Jesus because when you're in this condition, as Brandon said, it creates all kinds of division. That division could be in your family mm-hmm. where you don't get along with your wife or your wife, the wife doesn't get along with her husband. Or another problem that it could create is that you accept things that are immoral. 
that you shouldn't be accepting in your life or in the lives of other people. Or what we're experiencing today is confusion over gender roles Mm. in the church. And there are those who uh, don't adhere to what the scripture says regarding certain gender roles in the church. And, uh, and so it creates all kinds, carnality will create all kinds of confusion. You won't be able to receive the word of God mm-hmm. in those particular ways. Yeah, and just like the uh, Corinthian church, when we are carnal and not spiritual, we cannot receive what we need to be transformed by the word of God. And so Paul raises this issue in 1 Corinthians. He uses the language spiritual and carnal. And so this condition of being carnal creates a a real problem. So what's the solution? So we need a solution to this problem. And in order to answer that question, what's the solution for Christians who are carnal? Here's how we need to approach this. There's five questions we need to ask and answer. And here they are. To understand the solution, we ask these questions. What does it mean to be spiritual? You need to understand that. That's the goal. Let's be spiritual. What does it mean to be carnal? What is the milk of the word? Paul talks about the milk in 1 Corinthians 3. And what is the meat of the word? And how do you change from being carnal to being spiritual? And so if you're taking notes, this is the direction that we'll be moving this morning. And I want to ask if you would just join me in prayer right here. Because this is a very spiritual issue, to to talk about what it means to not be carnal, but to be spiritual. You're going to need the Holy Spirit's help to understand what the Word of God is saying to you this morning. So would you join me as we just humble ourselves right now and pray and ask God to speak to us? God, your Word provides answers to all five of these questions. And for us to understand those answers, we're going to have to be engaged with more than just our physical mind. God, we need help engaging our physical mind so that we can stay focused. But Lord, what we really need is your help to understand these spiritual truths. What we really need is your Holy Spirit to make clear to us our condition. Me, God, right now personally, where am I living in such a way that it is carnal? And how do you want me to become more spiritual in the way that I live? And what does it mean that Christ has made me a new person? God, we need to understand these truths this morning, and and I really don't believe that we'll understand them without your help. So Holy Spirit, we ask right now in Jesus' name that you would minister to us through your word this morning, and that you would help us understand these truths and help us all desire to grow out of being in a carnal condition and becoming more like you, Jesus, and growing in spiritual maturity. We ask and we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. So Paul said that here's the problem. You can't receive what I want to give you because you're carnal and you're not spiritual. So let's answer the first question. What does it mean uh, to be spiritual? And uh, this, this word spiritual in the Greek comes from a word that it means to Uh, be heavenly minded or uh, otherworldly minded is what it means. And so the word itself is used to refer to that which is eternal Mm -hmm. as opposed to that which is temporal. And so to be spiritual means to be a person that's always, uh, and what it means by always is that it's something that characterizes you as a person. (laughs) No one does this 
every second of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working on a plumbing project all weekend, and not successfully, by the way. Oh, no. And, and so as I'm working on that plumbing project, my mind is set in those moments in time upon what do I need to do next? Right, you've got a job. In order to fix this. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that we don't set our mind on temporal things if we're a spiritual person, but what characterizes us is that we are focusing our mind on spiritual things or eternal things as we are doing temporal things in our life. Uh, Those things in the world that are eternal, that the spiritual person is always setting their minds on or continuously setting their minds on, are the things like the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and his ministry and work. Mm -hmm ever aware of his presence in their lives. They're thinking about the Holy Spirit. They're thinking about the souls of other people. Yeah. You know, and you can do that while you're working on a plumbing project. Yeah. You don't have to be self-focused as you're doing a plumbing project. You can be thinking about the souls of other people uh, while you're doing uh, temporal things. The spiritual person is, is thinking about the eternal truths of the word of God. And how to respond to the circumstances of life that are so difficult. Mm. So the spiritual person is, is constantly taking their mind to those things which are eternal and lasting. The Holy Spirit, the, the souls of people, and the Word of God. And so the spiritual person, as, Paul, as Paul's defined spiritual here, they can be engaged in some kind of temporal activity like it could be physical labor, it could be uh, physical recreation, it could be even physical entertainment, but their mind is always going to the Holy Spirit. What's yeah. he up to? Yeah. What's he doing? Their mind is always going to the souls and the conditions of the souls of people around them. And their mind is always going to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And how should I respond to the circumstances of life when this wrench is not working the way that it's supposed to work according to what they said at Lowe's. And so the spiritual person is, is thinking about the eternal things continuously uh, as they're even engaging in the temporal world. Yeah, it's like Jesus whenever he was spending time with tax collectors and sinners. Well, that was social taboo. You know, if he was really being concerned with the opinions of other people and temporal things in this world, he would have never taken time to eat with tax collectors and sinners. But here he is sharing a meal with them because his mind is on spiritual things, on what the Father's doing, what the Holy Spirit's guiding him to do. The souls of these people, the eternal truths of God's word, that's where his mind is, so he's sharing this meal with them. Or it's like Paul, whenever he's this missionary, makes these incredible journeys, but he's making tents with Priscilla and Aquila. And here he is working with his hands. And he's just building a tent, a very temporal activity to make some money. But while he's doing it, he and Priscilla and Aquila are talking about the eternal truths of God. They're setting their mind on things above. And they're, they're not just thinking about tent making. You see what I'm saying? They're, they're thinking about something besides just what's right there in front of them because they're spiritually minded. So Paul's writing this letter to the church at Corinth, and he sees the problem real clearly, that they're not made up primarily of a bunch of spiritual folks. Mm-hmm. But instead, he says, they're made up of those who are carnal. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1, let's read it again. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as to babes in Christ. Mm-hmm. 
So we've seen how Jesus and Paul were spiritual, and that was the first point that we're making. What does it mean to be spiritual? So let's move to the second point now. What does it mean to be carnal? And I'll just tell you to help you understand, these very much contrast each other. So whatever it means to be spiritual, the opposite is to be carnally minded. The word carnal means flesh, fleshly or of the flesh. And so to be carnal means to set the affections of your mind on those things that are temporal in nature, as opposed to eternal in nature. It's where your affections go. It's where your appetites go. Your mind goes to these things, and you set your mind there. It's not that we don't think about carnal things sometimes, but what characterizes us is that we are constantly setting our mind on the temporary things instead of the eternal things. Romans 8, 5 says this, for those who live according to the flesh, okay, fleshly means carnal, according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. There it is. That's what it means to be carnal. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So there's the contrast in the word of God. So an example of carnality is, that's really clear in the scripture. So the disciples of Jesus, now this is before the Holy Spirit was given, and so I'm giving them a little bit of a pass. So they're on the mission with Jesus, and here they are on mission with Jesus, and suddenly they realize, we didn't bring any bread with us. Where's the food? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're focusing on how are we going to feed ourselves. Right. Now, they just seen Jesus multiply the bread <laughs> and, and feed over 5,000 people yeah. when they had this experience. But instead of being focused on the mission, oh no, they're focused, how are we going to get bread? And then there's another time where they just witnessed Jesus doing all of these miracles and healing a bunch of, a bunch of folks. And, you know, it seems like, man, you think their minds are really going to be set on spiritual things after they they hear see this great healing service that's miraculous and you know what they're thinking about the disciples two of them are thinking about i wonder who's going to be the greatest in his kingdom right when he sets it up here on the earth i I hope it's me me, you know that's an example of being carnally minded yeah you can see jesus he's being spiritually minded they're being carnally minded and when a carnal person is engaged in labor or in recreation or entertainment, what happens is their mind is set on fleshly things. Their mind is set on temporal things. So they go to work and the whole time they're at work because they're carnally minded, they're just thinking about how to make this easier on themselves. Or they're thinking about when they're gonna be able to get done. They're not thinking about the deeper spiritual truths that we're gonna talk about in this series their mind is set on the temporal. Yeah, if you're carnally minded this morning, what you're thinking about right now, and you just can't stop it, is lunch. Yeah, we just, uh, we got to get out of here. It's getting close. Are they going to wrap this up on time so we can get to lunch? And that's being carnally minded. You know, when you go to church, that's, that's what you're thinking. Or, or did the worship service, was it, was it my preference? The music. I didn't like that song this morning. Yeah, we should sing different music. I I want my preference fulfilled. Right. And that's carnally minded or you're playing a game and you're with other people and the focus while you're playing and and i'm just being transparent here the focus while you're playing that game is what it takes to win that's what it means to be carnally minded you know you get real competitive and you get sucked into that moment it's about what it takes to win that's being carnally minded so the spiritually minded person in that situation is is 
l- looking at the souls of people. Yeah. Not just his own goal. Yeah. And he's looking at the souls of people that are participating in the game, and he's thinking, you know, so-and-so is not right. Yeah. I need to talk to them about what's going on in their life instead of just being totally focused on winning the game. Yeah, and, and, and that's what we're going to get to in this series is talking about those things that cause us to be more spiritually minded. And there's deeper truths that yeah. we have to get to in order to become a spiritually minded person. We're just introducing this this morning. We're going to have to get into this as the weeks go on. Yeah. Carnal literally means fleshly. That's what the word means. So we're answering, well, you know, what does it mean to be carnal? It means to be fleshly. And this word flesh is used throughout the New Testament. Paul used it all the time to describe carnal things or temporal things. And so since we live in the flesh, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm looking forward to not living in the flesh, mm-hmm. but since we live in the flesh, it's, it's natural for us to have carnal thoughts. It's natural for us to have uh, carnal desires, and so having a, a, a thought like this or a desire like that doesn't make a person carnally minded. Right. The difference is, is that the carnal person sets their affection of their minds on these temporal things and then they live according to the flesh with their focus just on fulfilling that desire. Yeah, I mean, just to use one of the illustrations we used a second ago, to have the thought, I'm hungry and I want lunch, that's just being human. That's just having flesh. My flesh gets hungry and I need to feed it. But when I, when I start going, it doesn't ca- I don't care what you want to say to me, God. I'm trying to get out of here and get lunch. Maybe I can slip out early. That's when I become carnally minded because I've set my affections on what my flesh is desiring. So you're going to miss what God wants to say to you when you're in that condition. Exactly. And so there are some people that we should expect to be carnally minded as Christians. And and this is is important for us to know in our witness and in our disciple making. You know, you should expect someone who is lost to be carnally minded. The unregenerate, you should expect that they're going to be focused on the flesh. I mean, that is, after all, their nature. It's the nature of the flesh, and it's the nature of their spirit, because in their spirit, they are dead. So I shouldn't be appalled and go, I can't believe they said that. When they say something that's offensive. Why would I expect anything different? They're of the flesh. Right, exactly. And so you should expect this in someone who is not saved. And there's another group of Christians, actually. You should expect them to be, to tend to be, more carnally minded. Uh, That would be people who are newer in Christ, who are infants in Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 calls them babes. You know, you just don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes whenever you're new to the walk with the Lord and, you're, and you, there's truths you don't know, there's going to be things that you think about that are more carnally minded. But the intent here has to be that we move past being carnally minded, babes in Christ, and that we grow up into maturity in Christ. So Paul's concerned about this carnal condition characterizing the whole church of a city. And, uh, and by the way, this was a church that he had planted just a few years before he wrote this letter. So this had to be very dis- disheartening and disappointing to him to see that, you know, and they had great teachers. Yeah. And still they were in this condition. And so, you know, he, he sees this common condition in the church and he wants it to change. Now, what were the indicators that he saw? Well, first of all, what he saw was is they were in a state of protracted infancy. Mm-hmm. Okay? They were in a state of protracted spiritual infancies. And there was a disease. Physically, if a child doesn't develop 
there's a disease that keeps them from developing and staying in uh, infancy stages of life. Right. They, you know, we, we may call it failure to thrive or whatever. But the church was in this, this perpetual state of protracted infancy. And, uh, and so uh, they were, uh, you know, instead of growing up in Christ, they still look like spiritual infants and babes in Christ. Yeah, it's like this picture of this infant here. You know, if you saw this picture of this infant and you knew that this infant was, you know, between 6 to 12 months old, you would think, oh, what a cute, healthy baby. You know, oh my goodness, so adorable. If you saw this same picture and you found out that this was an 8-year-old, you might say, well, well still cute, but not healthy. Something's wrong. There's something wrong. By developing. this point, they should be at a different place, that, but they're not get, apparently they're not getting the nutrients they need, or they're not processing those nutrients correctly because that's not right at this point. And that's what happens when someone is newer in their walk with Christ. This is what we expect. But after a few months or maybe a year or two, but that's a long time even, you would expect that someone who is in Christ that their mind would be transformed by the word of God so that they're no longer just in this stage of infancy, but they're in a stage of, of spiritual growth, spiritual development that is accordingly fit with where they are in the time that they've been walking with Christ. And the result of that is what? Well, then you'll be able to feed other people if you, if you grow into that. But that's one of the things that happens when a church is carnally minded. Um, uh, then the next thing that happens is when you're in that infant stage, you can't feed yourself yeah. and you can't feed other people. I mean, the whole point here, we're, we're called by God, set apart by God to go make disciples. And, and you start looking at your life and you go, I don't know how to disciple someone. I don't even know what I would share. I don't even know how to read my own Bible well. How could I teach someone else to read the Bible well? And that's one of the indicators that you are still carnal, that you have not taken the energy, the effort, it's taking the steps with the Lord to grow out of the carnal condition and to grow into maturity in Christ. Like an infant, you're dependent on others for your nutrition rather than being able to feed yourself and feed other people. Yeah, and another sign of, that Paul saw in the church of them being Corinth is that they were still just under the control of the flesh and yeah. its desires. They were not being victorious in their Christian walk over sins and the temptations to sin and some of the same sins that characterized their life you know before they were christians were still characterizing their life and they weren't growing out of it in yeah. their life and that's why you know we have a great celebration your group did a great celebration uh as as, as jeremy got free of this addiction of over a year yeah. you know that's incredible well that's that's what should happen right when you're growing in christ you should see progress and maturity well and as someone who's been walking life with jeremy for over a year now i can say that what he's experiencing from freedom from that addiction in his flesh is very closely tied to what god is doing in his spirit yeah. and how he's growing spiritually because when you grow out of these carnal minded issues and you become more spiritual the holy spirit starts to accomplish things in your life that begin to produce fruit and so they were still dealing with this state of sin and failure they were gifted by the holy spirit here's the fourth one uh, indicators of a carnal minded christian they were gifted by the holy spirit but they weren't being victorious you know, and this characterized me for a number of years. I thought, here I am, this mature Christian that's learning and growing in the Word of God. But my relationship with God and my mind was not growing to the point in His truth where I was experiencing victory over sin. 
And as a result, I, I ended up remaining in bondage to pornography for 10 years in my youth. Because I, and here I am in the church and reading my Bible, but I'm not experiencing the victory. Yeah, and what you're going to learn as we go through some more of the book of Corinthians in the weeks ahead is that they were incredibly gifted in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, they had, the, they had prophets that were incredible at prophesying. Yeah. But at the very same time, even though they had all of these giftings, they were being defeated in their life. Right. And we see that all the time, and, you know, you will see it continuing in the Church of Jesus Christ, I'm sorry to say, that there's going to be these notable figures, and all of a sudden, they're being very gifted of God and ministering to thousands and even millions of people, and then all of a sudden, there's going to be a scandal about their life. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be inconsistent. It seems like, well, God's not going to bless you with spiritual gifts in order to be a blessing to others unless you are spiritual. But God gives his gifts to people, mm-hmm. and, and, and he, those gifts are irrevocable. Yeah. And they can use those gifts in, in incredible ways while still having a secret life of sin in their life and being defeated by sin in their life because they're carnal. Yeah, and that's, that's really what resonates in, in 1 Corinthians 3 is that Paul is looking at the condition of this church, these gifted people, these well-educated people, people full of the giftings of the Holy Spirit, and he knows where they should be by now based on the teachers they've had and the time frame they've been walking with the Lord. And instead, he looks at them and he says, Are you not carnal? Are you not carnal? Look at the things going on in your life. These are not the indicators of someone who is spiritual. These are the indicators of someone who is carnal with appetites of the flesh. So Paul believed that Christ, uh, the Corinthian church had heard enough truth and teaching and had, there had been enough time that he could no longer excuse them or give them a pass for being carnal. And so... He said, since you're carnal, then you're like babes, and all I can give you is milk. Mm. Now, how sad is that? Yeah. How sad is that, that Paul understood their condition, and that's all he could give them was milk. You know, uh, this has happened to me many, many times over the years where a couple will come to me for marriage counseling. And when they walk in the door for the marriage counseling, uh, it becomes apparent to me during the course of the counseling session that one of them is carnal. Hmm. And you know how I become aware of it? Well, you know, my opinions don't matter at all when it comes to marriage counseling. And... uh, but what matters is the Word of God. Yeah. And so I just start showing them the Word of God and their role as a husband, their role as a wife. And the carnal one will not receive it. They can't. Mm, they just can't receive that. They can't truth. receive it. Yeah. And it's so sad to me because they can't receive that which would solve their marriage problem. Mm-hmm. And so they live in division. And I've seen couples just go on year after year after year because one or both of them were carnal and they will not receive the word of God that would bring healing to their marriage. Yeah. 
You know, when you start talking about the Word of God, they're not thinking about the Word of God and their responsibility. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about the other person and how that person needs to change. Mm-hmm. That's being carnally minded. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, instead of, okay, God, what, how do you want me to change? That's being spiritually minded. Yeah. Being carnally minded is the other way. Yeah. I think that's where we need to stop. Yeah, and I, I'd be happy to close all, us here. Yeah, all we, all we answered today was uh, what is was spiritual mm-hmm. and carnal. We got what is the milk, what is the meat, yeah. and then what do you do about it? Yeah. And so I guess we'll go to that next week. Yeah, and, and this is where we'll just stop today is in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, what Paul does is he, he presents the problem and then he presents a solution. And the, the solution is in the form of a question. And he's asking them this question to create in them self-reflection. And this is the question. He says, if these things are going on in your life, and we just explained what these things are, what the difference is between spiritual and carnal, and Paul was identifying that you're being carnal. He says, if these things are going on in your life, are you not carnal? And I think that question is the question the Holy Spirit wants you to ask yourself this morning. Before we move on to anything else, we're excited to talk about the milk of the Word of God that is essential for us. We're excited to talk about the meat, those deeper truths, and to address some of these things that are very relevant to our lives today from the Word of God. But before we can even get there, if you're not in a spiritual condition where you can receive it, I promise you it'll do you no good. Well, you're going to hate this series if you're carnal. Yeah. Because we're going to get into the meat. Yeah. And you're going to go, Yeah, you know, like, I can't take it. Can't take it. I can't you know? swallow this. I can't digest this. Yeah, this is too hard. I can't believe yeah. they're being so narrow or whatever, you know. But it's the word of God. And so the question is, as we get into this church, you've got to evaluate for yourself because no one else can do this for you except the Holy Spirit and you talking to him right now. Are you not carnal? Can you reflect on your life right now and think about your situations? Can you think about what you face on a day-to-day basis? Can you think about the life in your home? How about your voice tones? How about the media that you're consuming online? How about your appetites with food or uh, whatever else it is in your life? Are you not carnal? And if you are carnal, you won't be able to receive the meat that will cause you to grow into spiritual maturity to become more like Jesus. So I want to just close with this right here. First of all, in order for you to exit being carnal and to become spiritual, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to believe that it's possible. Yeah. You've got to believe that it's possible for you to live a spiritual life, to not live a life that is all about the appetites of your flesh, but to live a life that is centered on the Spirit and His desire for you, believing that even that that is the best. It's the best for you because He has, we talked about it last week, His his will for you, His plan for you is the best one. You've got to believe that and believe it's possible for me to not be carnal, but to be spiritual. And then you've got to believe not only that it's possible, but here's the other thing you need to believe. You need to believe that you already are the spiritual man in Christ. This is the game changer. I told you that for me, 10 years, I lived in this addiction to pornography as a Christian. Am I not carnal? Am I not carnal living in that condition? And I couldn't get out. And here was the game changer for me. I thought that my relationship with God was primarily based on what I did. 
I thought it was primarily based on my works. And I thought that it, to be honoring and godly, that it meant that I didn't do what I wanted to do because what I felt like I wanted to do was engage in pornography. And so I thought that winning in the Christian walk would look like this, that I would go, well, God, I really want to look at pornography right now, but I guess since you're God and you tell me not to, I won't. Am I not carnal? Is that not carnally minded to think that that's what defines me? Those appetites, those desires, come on. Are you hearing me? Listen, you'll never win if that's the way you think. You've got to change the way you think. You know what set me free? was that I realized and I believed with all my heart, all my mind, all my being, I got transparent about it. It didn't matter who knew, I was just excited about it because I came to the faith to believe that I was not what my flesh wanted, that I am a new creation in Christ. I'm the spiritual man. I'm alive in Christ. My appetites are actually not for those things. That's the appetite of my flesh. My appetite is for the things of God because I'm a new creation. I've been born again by the Spirit of God. And when I started operating in faith in that, and then I would face this temptation and I would want to look at pornography or my flesh would. And what I would say is I would say, you know what? That's not what I want because that's not who I am. That's just the desire of my flesh. That's sin in my flesh. This is who I am in Christ. Yeah. And the Lord brought me out of sin and bondage to sin and slavery because not of my goodness or what I could produce in my own flesh, but because of the work of Jesus Christ and what he's already done for me that I'm a new creation in Christ. And so listen, I'm, I'm pleading with you right now. I'm begging you because some of you are carnal. Some of you are carnal. Some of you are 60 years in the faith carnal. You've been walking with the Lord so long, but you still are looking at your works. You're still looking at your goodness. You're still looking at the appetites of your flesh. You're not spiritually minded. And unless you become spiritually minded and believe the truth that the work of Jesus is sufficient, that it's enough that you stop robbing him of his reward because it's never been about what you've done and it never will be about what you've done. It's about what he has done on your behalf. And even winning and even living the spiritual life, it never comes from this. It always comes from who you are in Christ and what he has done for you. And, and I want to just end right here and say, if you're not in Christ, you are carnal. And I want to just plead with you, if you don't know Jesus, you've got to know him. It's not going to be about you doing a better job. It's not going to be about you, you know, doing the steps or, or getting baptized or reading your Bible more. No, those things come out of a person who is already spiritual, and they're already spiritual not because of what they've done, but because of what Jesus has done for them. And so I'm pleading with you this morning, become spiritual. And the first step to that is receive Jesus. And then if you've received him, you can still be carnally minded. And if that's the case for you, believe you've received Jesus and believe that you are the new man. And start operating, attack sin from that seat. Attack sin from that position that I am a new creation in Christ. So I wonder if you'll join me and if you'll bow in prayer right now. And the first thing I've got to ask is, is there someone in here right now who needs to put their hand up and say, I'm carnal. Whether that's because you're lost or because you haven't been spiritually minded, who in this room needs to say right now, I'm recognizing it. I see areas of my life. I am carnal. 
If that's you, if you, if you need to respond and talk to someone about this, Pastor Jerry's right here to my left. Rachel, would you come up here and stand right here? Maybe some other pastors, pastor's wives come to the front. And what I want to do is say, you've got to talk to someone and pray with someone because that's where it starts is dependence on God. If you know you're carnal, will you come up here and talk to these people? Would you come up here and pray with these people? I mean, it could be this simple. It could be I know I'm carnal and I want that to change. Right here, someone already responding, amen. Who else needs to come this morning and just say, I know that this has got to change in me. I want to pray with somebody and ask for this change. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You are carnal, if that's the case. If that's you, would you just stand up and come here to the front and pray with somebody and say, I need Jesus in my life. I know I've been carnal, I need Jesus. And there's still others responding. Let's have some more. Uh, any other pastors or pastor's wives come forward? We want plenty of people available to pray with people who are responding this morning. The words of Paul are the words echoing in our hearts. Are you not carnal? Come and pray with somebody and say, I want this change. And then recognize that this is the work of God what he does in our lives to make us more like Jesus. There's still some others responding, so we're just gonna allow that response to happen. Is there anyone else that needs to come forward and say, I know I'm carnal. Maybe it's because you're, you're living in sin. You know, you're, you're being defeated on a regular basis and, and you need to respond to the Lord and say, I know that I'm carnal. God, I wanna be spiritual. I want to be spiritually minded. Our walk with Jesus is not a game. It's not something that we do on Sundays and we leave and go about our lives. He wants every part of us, all of us. He's worthy. All right, I'm going to ask that you would all stand with me and we're gonna close in prayer and with a song while these are praying. And I wanna encourage you that at any point right now, if the Holy Spirit's convicting you about being carnal, while we sing, while we pray, you come forward and pray with somebody. And then here's, this is important. Get back to your groups and talk about this with them. There's a more mature disciple of Jesus waiting on you in a small group to help you grow out of being carnal and being spiritually minded. But let's pray. Thank you, God, for the work of Jesus that makes this sermon and this time we're sharing this morning even possible. God, without Jesus and what he's done for us, we would all be carnal. Thank you, Lord, for the change that you've brought about in our lives, that we're new creatures in Christ, new men and women. Because of the work of the Holy Spirit, we've been reborn, new people. Now, God, what we desire is that as we live out this life by faith, that we would not live it out according to the flesh and being carnally minded, but we would live it out according to the Spirit and being spiritually minded. Help us to mature. Paul saw the issue in Corinth. God, you see the issues in this church where we are not mature. We are not spiritually minded the way you want us to be. God, mature us in Christ. Help us, God, by your Holy Spirit to stop being carnal and to start being spiritual. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.
Seth, lead us in this song and we'll close with this this morning.